More than a hundred women have just been elected to the United States House of Representatives. More than a hundred women. It's so good. Yes. Bring on our ovarian overlords. Men, test of friends, if you will. Bend the knee. Yes, bend bend the knee. All men in government should be phased out like old iPhones. Slow, s- <laughs> slow them down of, first. Yeah, slow them down, give them bad batteries. <laughs> and then uh, gently recycle them. It's the M word. All aboard the M-Word Express. Welcome. Get your tickets out. It's free unless you want to get on the secret first class train called the Patreon. You can get on that soon. I'll be your conductor, the West Coast Ghost Connor. And I'll be your your coal man. I'm shoveling coal into the fire engine. Lone Star Millennial Kyle. Why Coleman. wouldn't you want to be the caboose, you Lone Star? Well, I mean, why am I a whole train car? You just got to be a guy who drives a train, but I have to be an entire train car that's filled with like trash or something? No. Lone I Star be the coal screams man. big. Lone Star screams Texas size. Yeah, I have to be very Texas strong to lift all that good, good, dirty coal for our planet. Kyle, listen. I rode a train. And not like a subway train. I rode a train from New York to Philadelphia. I saw the ride the the trainmen wearing the hats. They scanned the thing on the phone, but then I got an actual ticket that they punched and they put above my seat. Kyle, I feel like I flew back in time to a time where, yes, I had my smartphone and, yes, I was sitting in very nice leather seats, but I saw the world moving past me and I was bumping around on tracks. I was in Westworld. I was in Back to the Future. I was in the West, even <laughs> though I was the in only, the East. The only two movies with trains. Oh, boy. I was... Thomas... I, I, I want to give... A, <laughs> I want to give props to Thomas for making this a reality. <laughs> yeah, way to go, Thomas. For, sending, for establishing the trainness that has always been encompassing my heart from day one. Well, Thank Connor, I'm, I'm real proud of you for riding a train. I've always wanted to ride a train, but I'm in Texas and trains are like expensive, which is, I mean, because they go to like California or Chicago, but like New York to Philly, that's not a bad trip. That's a pretty quick trip. It was an hour and a half of pure fun and joy. I say that the first the first ride was solid. Yeah, I had a seat with my girlfriend. We were settling in. I slept for a lot. The last time around, oh boy, that was a lot more challenging, okay? Because it was full, and these girls tried to take over some chairs that were not theirs, and I had to politely but firmly tell them to get their feet out of the seat because that's where my butt's going. But did you have to say it? Because obviously when you step on a train, the first thing they say is, 
Welcome to the 1800s. You're on a train now. Please abide by all customs from the year 1800 of our Lord Jesus Christ, the only <laughs> oh, one true God. No. I definitely said 1800, and I don't think trains were around in 1800. What are you Maybe about? 1900. You say Let's say 19. Let's say no. It was it was like mid 1800s. Well, no, but I did say specifically 1800, and I don't think. I mean, we barely had a country at that point, let alone trains. 1804, friend. Is like when the first train existed? Yes, first steam locomotive railway was known as the Paney Darren locomotive, built by a name I can't pronounce, Hauling Iron. So... Okay, cool. Well, we got it. Hold on, now Testing I'm Googling. Facts. Live when... fact-checking here on the M word. Okay, so it wasn't really until the 1830s through 1860s. Let me just take it back. Oh, step on board, sir. Welcome to 1850. Hello. Hey, Civil War. <laughs> Why can't you say any suck. words? You just say hi. You go back in time. You just introduce yourself again with an older voice. Yeah. Oh, bother. I, I really hate slavery, huh? Come on board here, sir. You, If you are listening now, you have seen for certain... The D. If you're listening now, hold on. What kind of what kind of phrase is that? Here, what are when the you other listen options? to the now, or rather than listening to the later, you are in the present. I do think when you got on that train, something did happen to your sense of time. Oh, that's the thing. You get on there, you're flown back into time. You hit well, the you're chair. not flown, you idiot. What is happening to you? You're flown. You, you fl- what are you talking? You can't be flown back in time. Flown is a figure of speech, sir. I'm not going to say I'm riding back into time. That's sexual. <laughs> is it? Is there is there a mile zero club for trains? A mile low club? Is that what it'd be called? It's called the mile bump club because there's no way it's happening on that bumpy railroad. Or it's just, it requires the least amount of energy exhausted. Ooh, yes. We're talking about sex on trains, people. And listen, there's a lot more room. Do you want to know something that actually really upsets me as long as we're talking about like time periods is that there's a modern time period and it's over? Oh, yeah. And that's upsetting. Like technically we're in like a postmodern era and that's very upsetting to me because I feel like the word modern is in and of itself meaning that it is like of the time period that you're talking about. Right? No, man, I'm taking, I'm taking, I hear you. I, I agree. I'm taking modern European philosophy and it is not at all uh, referring to the now. It's referring to between, I think it's like the Renaissance. 1600, 1600, 1800, 1600, anyway. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, in the dictionary on, on Google relating to the present or recent times as opposed to the remote past. So yeah, right. very but th- stupid. But that's not what modern era or modern history means. It's so such a stupid moniker. Mm. Why would you call something modern when you know it's going to be old one day? Speaking of something being old one day, today we are retiring our business corner. Bum, bum. We, we are. It never made any sense. It just kind of happened. So instead, we're introducing a new chapter. Welcome to participation trophies. That's my noise. I I I really, really don't want it to be the foghorn. No, no, no. That's the new noise. No, I'm. (laughs) I did it. I did it, Connor. Please don't.
That's the new noise. Because, Connor, what noise do you want to hear when you are getting a participation trophy? You want to hear that foghorn because it's just as useless as a participation trophy. But it's... We need something original. Oh, gee, Kyle. Oh, yeah, be, because dun-dun was very original. Dun-dun. <laughs> See, that that was, like, solid. This no. one, participation trophy? So, this... I'll not you give them the gist of what it is, and we'll let that formulate over time, okay? Well, basically, what what happens on when we give out every week, we're going to give out participation trophies, and it's exactly what it means. It's for people who participated in anything that we want to acknowledge. So today, our first participation trophy goes to James. That's James on Twitter at James underscore Librarian. Guess what he does. He's what a librarian. He He's oh, a librarian. Yeah. Damn it. I, I got you there. Hate, I, hate, I hate rhetorical questions so much. <laughs> so James is a very, obviously he's a librarian, so he's an educated man. He's a very good, smart boy. And he, after last week's episode where we talked about Orson Welles and War of the Worlds, you remember when we talked about that? You remember our good jokes last week, Connor? I forget. Yeah, me too. So... James let us know that I think I, we were talking about where Orson Welles would be like performing as a town crier and then like from the back. So he'd be like, hey, do that thing from Citizen Kane and like or like do Wonderwall, that sort of stuff. Um, uh-huh. And he said that he would be in the back because he's an O-G-O-W hipster. So he'd be in the back yelling, Mrs. Buckley's frozen peas. And and I didn't get this reference, Connor. Do you get this reference? Um, No, I don't. I mean, sorry. Me neither. So apparently it's from the 1970s. This is where we learn something, Connor. We learn something about history. Orson Welles uh, created one of the best films ever that exists at all times. And when in the 1970s, he was doing a lot of radio ads because he's got that good, good voice. And he was brought in to do an ad in the UK in 1970 for frozen peas. And there's this whole like clip of audio where he's arguing with the production staff and like the director uh, because of how bad like the ad is and how he wants to change everything. And I'm going to put a little bit of it in right here. I'm always past that. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's about where I say in July. You emphasize a bit in, in July. Why? That doesn't make any sense. Sorry. Um, There's no known way of saying an English sentence in which you begin a sentence with in and emphasize it. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July and I'll go down on you. That's just idiotic if you'll forgive me by saying so. That's just stupid. In July. I'd love to know how you emphasize in and in July. Impossible. Meaningless. <laughs> and so there's a lot more. Like it starts off with the beginning talking about how he's like arguing like the production guy is in the booth and he's just like, hey, just uh maybe okay, give it one more time. And Orson Wells is just like, Why? Why would I do it one more time? And who the hell are you? And, he, and he's like, I never do things more than once. And he's like, I'm just the engineer and I thought there might have been a gong. And he's like, What the hell's a gonk? And he's like yelling at this production guy. Now, in that scenario, oh, dear. he is yelling at the director because the director just asked him to say in July at the beginning of a sentence, but to really emphasize the in part, which I thought would be really fun for us to try, Connor, because he says it's impossible. And obviously, we're here to prove Orson Welles wrong. So how can we emphasize? So just emphasizing like in before July? Yeah. So you just say the phrase in July, peas grow there. But I emphasize. Okay. You got to really hit that in. 
in July. Peas are <laughs> something. In July, peas grow there. <laughs> what the fuck? God, I hate I hate fucking with uh, what's that sense stress. In July. In July. In now, July. I don't know why, I like, but the only way I can do it is to like cower <laughs> at the word July. Just completely suck July back into my throat because I want to hit that so hard. Right. Well, and, and basically we are Orson Welles at this point, right? Because we're basically doing the same thing he was doing with War of the Worlds. We're creating this narrative that people are freaked out about. And that's what the M word does. And so we're basically Orson Welles of 2018. And so we, we have to be better than him. I think what we should do is is really hit that in to prove him wrong. But we also make it a question because I think that's the only way we can do it. So it's like, in July, peas grow there? I, it's so, But the nature of a question is, huh? so if you just ask something, what's going on? You put, you put the emphasis at the end of the sentence. So whenever you fuck that up, it's not even a question where you're just going up on the phrasing. You're just Canadian at that point. In July. In, in, in July, July? Peas grow in, there? Hi. In July. Welcome to Canada. In July. We have beavers. A boot. So anyway, that's us beating Orson Welles because uh, he deserved it, I guess, probably. So thank you to James. Connor, who's receiving our next participation trophy? It looks like we're going to be giving it to Sam. That's right, Sam. Ca- come on up here. That's right. Woo! Great job. You did it. You participated. You, and and now for some reason, you're no longer going to understand the the qual- quality of hard work and labor. You're just going to not ever know what it's like to work hard and to lose. Because of this participation trophy. <laughs> uh, for Sam is a special case, though, because this this is a pay-to-play participation trophy. Yes, Sam is playing and paying uh, to be a part of our Patreon, uh, our newest uh, patron, Samuel. Yes. Round of applause. Thank you. Very good, Sam. Sam is, he also has a podcast, because who doesn't? And uh, But his podcast is a D&D actual play podcast called Beholder's Eye. And it's not The Beholder's Eye, because that confused me at first. But it's a very entertaining show if you like D&D or like fantasy and they they laugh a lot during it. So that's always good. And also their sound effects are like actually very good to the point where it freaked me out the first time I heard it in their episode. Like they'll be like, oh, so-and-so knocks you on the head. And then there'll be like a sound effect and it freaked me out. Um, But yeah, so that's very good. So if you're into that, if you want to be immersed in a fantasy world, but also that they enjoy their time and have fun with it, you should listen. And finally, our last participation trophy is for me. I'm taking it. (laughs) Oh, man. Is this how we're going to end every single one? Just giving ourselves the awards? Maybe. I don't know. But I deserved it this week. And it's because I played my first game of D&D, of Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, I that's did. right. Ah, oh, I was so upset. I didn't get. I tried to like tune in. I didn't have the Twitch application. I was also busy. It just didn't work. But I, I heard you had a good time. No, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I had a blast learning how to figure out how to play this game, and um, I was surrounded by competent people, so that was good. Sam was actually one of them. Sam played oh. a, a bard who was so unlikable that. Literally within five minutes, all of us hated him, and it was so much fun to hate somebody 
because I don't do that enough in my regular life. I need to hate people more and I don't give myself that permission enough. But that was great. Sam was great in that. And um, there are video links to the videos of, of that. So if you want to watch, you can. I'm going to put that in the show notes. But we were playing for Extra Life, which is a charity supporting the Children's Miracle Network hospitals. And the team I was a part of raised over $3,000 for it. Wow. Yeah, which was phenomenal. So their original goal was like 500 or something. And they knocked it out of the park. So go Thread Raiders, go Sick Kids who are in hospitals, and go Dungeons and Dragons. Congratulations to you all, all the winners of the participation trophy. For those who did not win the participation trophy, I'm very sorry. Good luck. And... uh Good night, I guess. <laughs> exactly. We can't give you a participation trophy unless you participate. And the easiest way to do that is tweet at us at mwordpod and let us know what you're doing. Just go, you know, what's, well, hey, what's that sandwich you're eating? Let us know on Twitter or leave us a review. You could do that too. That will give you a trophy for that too. As we mentioned prior, there was an election. What? I don't want to talk about that. I know. It's stupid. Listen, listen, listen. We we are way too qualified to be talking about an election on this show. So what we're going to do is talk about the biggest upset of the night, the election happening in Nevada. That's right. The thing you weren't expecting. You thought we were going to talk about Florida or Georgia or Texas. No, those states were practically boring last the last election night. You thought we were going to be talking about... Um, voter turnout, like the surprisingly high voter turnout. You thought we were going to be talking about suburban ho- uh, women, college-educated women. You thought we were going to ta- be talking about the Senate race in the House. No, we're talking about the Nevada man who won dead. He knocked himself dead with his win. He did. He's And we're not... This is a fascinating headline. Dead brothel owner wins election for Nevada legislative seat. That's just the headline, folks. And honestly, that's that's the that's the brunt of it. Okay, a guy died a minute ago, and uh, he was up for election, and he won. I think it was up to like eighty percent of the vote for uh in his rural Texas Nevada thirty six assembly district. Yeah, we do need to dive into though the circumstances of his death, and he was oh, he had an HBO no, show. This is not appropriate, Kyle. This is a kid friendly show. This is not a kid friendly show, Connor. We've talked about this. You got to quit showing this show to your kids. You've got to stop that. They love it. All they, those all those kids, they love it. They call they call me a dusty dad. Oh no, gosh! It, if we keep doing this show when we're old, Connor, you know that's going to be our nickname. Oh, you know that'll be a problem if we're doing this show more than five years. <laughs> that is true. We can't. We don't have it in us. We're barely making it to our first year. Uh, but, but basically, but, so, 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 I'm having a stroke. I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you who's not having a stroke. It's Dennis Hoff because he's the guy who's dead now. He's a dead man. He was celebrating his 72nd birthday in October. And he died because he was having too sexy of a birthday because he is a brothel owner and he was surrounded by sex. He was found by a porn star, Jeremy. Oh, shit. What's this guy's name? Ron Jeremy. That's it. (laughs) He was was found by a porn star. Did you know that there were still brothels in the United States? I did know because Nevada is the only place where it's legal. How? Oh, I, Kyle. Yep. Oh, dear. What's it like? 
Oh, I don't know. I do know that he had a show on HBO and that was like a big thing where like they did a documentary on his brothels. And so that was the big deal. And whenever he was running for his seat before he died at again, his birthday sex party and he won the vote, which is still astounding, but I guess not really that astounding, but he, it it should be astounding. That's the pro. It should be extremely astounding that a man who is dead in our age. That sounds like something that happened in like the 1800s because news didn't get to the voters fast enough by the horse. We <laughs> are in the age of the internet where we have instantaneous information, and they didn't know he was dead. Well, no, they definitely knew he was. dead. I mean, if we're playing real politics right now. Then they knew he was dead, and that if they elected him, that then the county would have to nominate or to appoint his uh, replacement. And then so there wouldn't be an election. So basically, they voted to not elect their representative, which is a very good way to do democracy. There's nothing screams, I vote against my interest, like voting for somebody you actually don't know. Connor, that's a great point. But we do need to talk about, is this how we move our democracy forward? Because there are so many dead, qualified people out there who have the experience. They have the experience. They have the knowledge. They have the know-how. And but they're fuck. But but the problem is, you know what? They don't have a pulse. They don't got that pulse. And that pulse is sometimes required for a, a position in government. So but is but, this an uh, avenue we should be exploring? We all we do is just ask questions, but I tell you what, is this an av is this an avenue? Is this a street? Is this a road? We want to go down. And I for one think so. And let me give you my take. We you find that you vote for the person you want. Doesn't matter when, doesn't matter where, doesn't matter who, doesn't matter why, but you vote for them. And if they are if they happen to be dead, if they happen to be buried in the deep ground soil, six feet under, no way, no how coming back up from there. We find the person who most resembles them physically, and then we get someone who most resembles them in their brain, so they take a personality test, and if it matches up, and they, and then, so they, they understand. So and you then just, we have an actor who looks like them. You just want, a, you just ways. want a surrogate situation, is basically oh, what you're describing. I want as close to the consciousness as Abraham Lincoln today as he was in the 1840s. Well, Connor, we could maybe 1860s. start doing we can start doing that now right. b- you know by downloading consciousnesses before <sighs> God, they're we dead. We can't we're we're not there yet, okay? We're we don't have the technology, so in the interim, we need good actors. And well, and also we don't really like if we just take a, a just a quick pulse over all of the you know consciousness of America right now, I don't think we should keep any of it, you know? I think we just kind of give this time period a just quick break of history and be like, ah, we don't talk about that those years. Kyle, what do you mean? You just want us to forget our past? That's how history repeats itself. I want a gag order on 2018. That's what I want. Okay, let's there bring, was it back. No bring it back. Looking forward, looking down this path on this street, how do we get those dead people into office? Connor, obviously it's a weekend to Bernie situation, except that weekend is a four-year term. And uh, and the Bernies is the capital. And so, uh, Connor, obviously, I know you're familiar with the film Weekend at Bernies. So all we do is we get the dead body 
uh, some very cool sunglasses and uh, some uh, like a very nice oh, windbreaker suit, vis-a-vis Miami Vice-esque. And then you just play some cool music and all dead bodies dance to, to funky music. That's a rule. That's the law of nature and God. Oh, Kyle, there's so much symbolism happening right now. Okay? There's so much fucking symbolism. There's so much like... Uh, they're puppets. They're literally puppets. I, honestly, what I want to do is I want to find a way to give Alexander Hamilton the presidency finally. I've been reading that biography for 18 years, and I really think he deserved it. He, he didn't deserve it in the, in the 1800s. He wouldn't have been a good president then because he didn't fit that time period. He was a modern president before modern was even a thing. So he would be a great president now. That's what I think. I want... I want to take this a step further, okay? Like we do. Like we do. I want to take this into the realm of the Sherlock Holmes. And the reason I want to do that is because I love and hate and love those stories about the things that people do before they die to like just do some real sick shit, you know? Like they, they're like the only way I'm gonna really be able to get back to those fuckers is after I'm gone. Okay. okay. So we have this Nevada brothel owner boy. He he had such he had an opportunity, and I think he squandered it. Okay. Connor- He's gone and he wins, but man, what 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 else could he have done to make that death even grander? Connor, I don't think you understand how he died. This is a problem. I'm going to disagree with you wholeheartedly. I think he died the perfect way. Literally, here is the article from AP. Porn actor Ron Jeremy and a prostitute discovered Hoff dead at Hoff's Love Ranch brothel about an hour outside Las Vegas. He had spent the four previous days partying with notables from the sex industry and political world. This is the perfect way for him to die. <laughs> That's a weird phrase to say out loud. But is okay, well maybe this is just a fundamental difference between you and I. Is that is how you want to die and I want to die and and have like yeah yeah the funeral and the cries and the songs and the monuments and the books, right? Written about my life. Yeah. But I also want a fucking story, okay? And I don't mean like a story about my life. I want something to play out after I die to rot rot the brains of my enemies and to benefit my friends. Well, Connor, I'm here to tell you that Dennis Hoff did that. Let me let me take you over to his published work, the book titled The Art of the Pimp, oh, which was inspired by Trump's book The Art of the Deal. He had the perfect life, Connor. We don't. Wait, 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 wait. I th- are you not going to explain what that was? Just because he has a book isn't like the fucking thing. I'm saying I want a story-like process where after he dies or or fakes his death better yet and he makes people think things and in doing so, he 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 fabricates an entire system, a, a network of lies and deceit. Of of trap doors and and hidden mistresses and and I can't do it because I'm not Sherlock Holmes. I'm not smart enough. But that's what I want to do. Yeah, I think I think I think you're right. But I think you're you're doing you're going about it the wrong way for our 
day and age. Sherlock Holmes was written in the 1800s with like Queen Victoria. That was a different time. Now, if we want to tell a story or, you know, write this uh, mystery, then all we have to do is start a conspiracy. And the way you start a conspiracy is by asking a single question. And I'm going to tell you what the question is for Dennis Hoff, dead pimp from Nevada, who is an elected representative. Oh, bother. The sprawling district of which he has been elected, touches both California and Utah and includes the Nevada National Security Site where nuclear weapons were once tested. So, nuclear warfare. I'm so upset. It's either upset. it's either Republicans faked his death so he could continue the armed, uh, you know, nuclear arms race, or Democrats killed him because he was too powerful in the nuclear world. I just don't think the art of the pimp was 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 really down in there, man. I don't think he had his hands in it. What? I don't think he had his hands so deep in the arms race that the Democrats would take him down. Yeah, no, probably not. They're probably concerned about like Trump. That was Trump is just the the distraction. Dennis Hoff is the real villain. In oh, this story, dear. but oh, golly gee, Kyle. Honestly, though, I'm scared. I, I think there's a lot of villains in in our, today's world, but we're not, what we're not doing is we're not learning how to deal with them. What do you mean? What do I mean, Connor? Is we need to figure out how to teach people how to teach the chillins how to learn because there's a lot of failures in our education system. There's a lot of failures. Uh, just shown I am a prime example many I'm a huge educational failure and this is my confession I think we need to solve education Connor I'm not going to beat around the bush anymore we need to solve education education is broken we need to solve it that's our job now they some I would say that a lot of people (laughs) and this is a prime example we need to we need to solve education Connor can't even talk I would say people focus on education, but they focus on all the wrong parts, okay? Yeah, like teachers pay. Teachers pay. Curriculum. Location, location, location. Right. Uh, Free lunches. Yeah, Michelle, that's going to solve all our problems. Yeah, okay. Staying in school in the first place. Idiots. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Bush. No child left (laughs) behind. More like no child has a right anymore or any sort of freedoms literacy rates trash statistics i read i read emoji i read emoji i'm street smart some things you can't learn in books yeah well i think what we need to do is we need to we need to identify the gaps in our own education connor so that we can fix education we can make it better for the next generation well actually not the next generation because that generation's like pretty much done with school um so it's going to be the next next generation i guess oh god yeah man if i were to need if i had to list every single one of the gaps in my education i think we would be here all night <laughs> well i can start us off with a very simple one and one that we've kind of talked about on the show before but it's taxes oh 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 yeah sure okay here i want to say I'll, this is going to go into a fun little little uh, little newlywed game here. Kyle, I want you to name your worst subject in school on three. You ready? Uh, yes. One, two, three. P. 
P-E. Physics. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> gotcha, bitch. Oh. Um, no, and mine was math. So oh, I was yeah. really, really, really I'm a stu- I'm a stupid physics boy, and Connor has tricked me into saying that. Just Wait, like- Wait, okay. How come I listed like the entirety of mathematics, and you list something like as specific as like physics? Well, because- What if I-, I just said I was really bad at like- chemistry that wouldn't be as good well i was gonna say science but i realized i was actually pretty good at biology and i enjoyed learning biology but i was very bad at physics because it was more math based i didn't i didn't wasn't super good at math and science together in one mm-hmm. and that's why I'm, i have a podcast now it's because that involves neither no think, physics no well i mean you no i guess you're right not a single bit of physics huh in fact if anything you don't even need to be a computer boy anymore you just need to learn how to click click paste paste delete delete and that's it and and in that that order in that order and don't do it out of order hashtag you you throw a filter on the pot on the audio file just like you would on your gram exactly you know you know newton's first law of podcasting it's what you say into a microphone will come out in equal and opposite uh, audience reaction. When in doubt, cut it out. That's also that was also Newton. Yeah, not not one of his highest ones. No. Um. So if you love it, you gotta bump it. Um. That seems like <laughs> that seems like more like a a warning for like STDs or something. Anytime, what? anytime, love and bump isn't like anywhere near each other. It's kind of like, are you talking about STDs right now? Which no, that's a good thing you, we Kyle, should talk about. Let's talk no, about no, no, STDs. No, 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 no. If you, real fast, I don't want to clarify. If you love a part of the podcast, you're gonna bump up the volume. Oh, I didn't just turn the parts that you like louder. I didn't think the volume was implied there. That was my bad. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I mean, you gotta keep it short and simple. You gotta be able to write it on a T-shirt. Is, is I think what they say. That must be it. Yeah, if it fits on a T-shirt, then it can fit in our schools. That's our new slogan for public education. All <laughs> lessons should be done on t-shirts. All lessons should be done and if they can't be fit if they can't fit in a 25 cent text message length. A 25 cent text message length? What the fuck did you just say? You know how whenever you send a text message and it costs 25 you, cents, you put a quarter, you, had, you put a quarter into your like phone. A, it was like a 10 cent 10, 10 cents a message. That's right. I remember. You, yeah, and every phone had that little dime acceptor, and you had to put a dime in. Shut every the time. fuck up! No, I, I. Okay, it was on the regular bill, or in my case, I had an AT and T prepaid, uh, prepaid card shit, and so I would buy like a ten dollar card to buy a text message. Did you not have a phone then? No. Yeah, I did. I just wanted to give you a hard time. Except yeah. we definitely had. Um, but Connor, sometimes I do this cool thing on our show where I act like I don't know what you're saying so that I can make a joke and be funny. And that's something I do sometimes on this comedy show. But I did have free nights and weekends. Um, and so that's what I would use a lot of time. So I wouldn't spend money on text messaging, which was a big thing back in the day. I'm so upset. But I did I'm just so appreciate upset. you were still the person that said 25 cent text message as if it was a modern, like normal thing that we talk about nowadays. I wish people would get more of my jokes without me meaning to explain them all. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm Eeyore. I wish more people could understand my jokes without me explaining them. Oh. I wish my tail wasn't nailed into my butt. <laughs> We don't talk enough about Eeyore's ass and how it's literally nailed up there. He is the I new don't know Jesus. Who literally nailed a f- piece of flesh onto my butt? 
but I wish they'd take it out. Jesus the Christ has nothing on me. I got nailed in my ass. He just had hands. He just had his feet. (laughs) I'm Eeyore and I died for your sins. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the Messiah Uh, now. (laughs) I didn't die for your sins, but I did die for your... What what, what? <laughs> did Eeyore die for, man? Uh, I just he didn't like, die for our sins. I liked how you went to a southern Eeyore, and that was fun. I really enjoyed that, because now I'm picturing Eeyore just like as a southern preacher up on an altar, and I love that so much. Um, Connor, that's a great, another point of education. We're not talking about religion enough in high schools. We're not talking about no. religion enough in public schools. We need to give them all of them. Hey, here's all the religions. All of the religions. Hey, listen. Listen. There might be a God. There might not. I was really upset when I... I wish I learned more about Eastern philosophy and Eastern culture when I was in school. Yeah. I didn't learn enough about that, man. I... I, I I need to do more research now. I've been I've just been trying to read books and documentaries, but I don't have I haven't worked hard enough. Those are hiccups. I'm really sorry about that. Thank you for listening to my hiccups. Thank you. That was good. Um, okay, so so far we've hit taxes, and they need to teach taxes. They need to teach STDs. Uh, I mean, we went, both went to school in Texas, so like anything close to sex, they were just like, "There's hair down there because God doesn't want you to look at it." And so that was kind of the curriculum there. So they didn't talk about STDs or, or, you know, safe sex at all. And we've hit religion. We need to talk about all the religions so the teacher can be like, hey, these are all the religions in the world. And you see these three, they're basically the same, except they kill each other a lot. Cool. You understand religion now. Um, What else, Connor? What else do we need to fill in the gaps for public education? What do you wish you knew when you left high school in the real world? Hmm. I... And this is actually kind of a real answer. I wish that they taught philosophy at a younger age. Not like the shit that I'm getting into, like in modern philosophy, because a lot of that is uh, is like just the foundation of knowledge and, and metaphysics and that kind of shit. Um, but like some type of like life philosophy stuff, yeah. you know, like how people ought to live or ought to think about the world and and what values are. And what uh, principles are, you know what I mean? It seems like what you're kind of talking more about is that they should teach logic in high school. So not because, you know, not being able to say, say, okay, here's here's how morals work or here's how values work. But like teaching a, a, a teenager how to think and how to solve their own like processes that would be so instrumental. It le- I didn't learn that until college where I had a course on logic. You know what would happen? If what? that, if if they introduced logic in a like, you know, even younger, like middle school and junior high, March for Our is, Lives would have happened way earlier. That would have happened, and parents would be pissed because their kids would just start contradicting them, not through like just "Mom, I fucking hate you," but they'd have been like. No, like through the structure of the beginning of your sentence, like it doesn't match up with the end of the sentence. So, like your sen- what you just said is logically invalid. Therefore, I don't have to listen to your fucking rules, mom. Right? Like, mom would be like, mom or dad would just be like yelling about something, and then the teenager would be like, "Yeah, I guess I can use fallacies too, but I'm not here on this amateur bullshit. Let's debate." Um, 
I think that's it. I think uh, we did that and also uh, bring back home economics. Uh, and then I think we should be fine because I didn't learn how to cook until I was 25. So. Oh, dear. Okay, don't don't be all uppity. You didn't learn how to cook until you were 20. Yeah, but that's five years earlier than you did, you dingus. Well, I lived in Canada, and it was too cold for fire. We want to thank Gran O'Brien for his intro and outro music, Millennium Juice Flute and Ballad of a Dusty Boy. Millennium Juice Flute? Millennial. Didn't I say millennial? I don't know. I heard millennium, and I thought, ooh, that's fun. We could kind of bring it back, get some, you know, willennium, get jiggy with it. I'm into it. Oh, dear. Uh, thank you, Cynthia Martinez, for the cover art. And also, please send us your problems. We are getting ready for the holidays. Oh, shit, Connor. How was your Thanksgiving? That was last. That was this past week. That was the only thing. Did you do anything? You were in New York. Yes. Did you have a turkey? Yes. Good, me too. Yes. I had a turkey too. I'm thankful for this podcast, and that's the end of my Thanksgiving. Yes. But, so we're done with Thanksgiving. Christmas is happening now because as of today, Santa is at my mall. So you know Christmas is real. Send us your holiday problems. We want to know how does it feel to be a millennial going back to your family home or maybe bringing your family to the grandparents. How do you deal with that? What's going on in your lives? mwordpod.com slash submit. Send us your problems. And finally, thank you so much for listening. And as we always say, don't eat Popeyes before you podcast. Oh, that's that's a real deep meta cut, isn't it? My tummy hurts. Oh no, get that Popeyes out of you. Bye. Bye. Bye.